Hello, Jess. What are you up to tonight? Hey, Josh. I'm just going out to do some putting, some putting at night with the 15-year-old daughter of the dean. Me and Mitch, Mitch Cumstein, that's what we're doing tonight. What are you doing, Josh? Well, despite wearing a unlicensed nuclear accelerator on my back, <laughs> I've been thinking about the contributions of Harold Ramis to my childhood, young adult life, through law school. That's what I'm doing. Oh, that's a much better thing than putting at night with the daughter of the dean. <laughs> yeah, no legal ramifications from doing that at all. <laughs> hey, we were just putting at night. <laughs> night putting. <laughs> yes, that's right. We are here to talk about one of our favorite Hollywood people who just died and who just received last night a lovely shout out from Bill Murray at the Oscars, um, Mr. Harold Remus, uh, Ramis, um, or Egon, as I will always think of him as. As you know, Egon was my name nickname briefly. Uh, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> We were docking a whale boat, and I gave the order, and I was the coxswain, and I gave order to toss oars, and as the uh, strokes uh, brought up their oars, they touched blades at the top, and I said, don't cross the streams, to which the crew immediately nicknamed me Egon. All right, that's a very good reference, and that's a very good one. I love that. Don't cross the streams. Very nice. I love it. So let's do some issue spotting in the movies he made famous from technically before our lives began, just a little bit, or when we were toddlers, through the not age-appropriate part of the late 70s, through the 1980s when we were able to go to the movies freely, and <laughs> through the 90s, because all of those are good touch points. There are good, and that's, I've got to start off with, of course, the four that I think of the most with him are the ones that he did with Bill Murray. Um, there was, you know, a collaboration there, and those four are, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do them in the proper order. Does it go Stripes, Meatballs, Caddyshack, and then I know Groundhog Day was last, but I'm not sure which was first. Was it Stripes was first? Uh, stripes was 1980 or 81. I, I need to look it up. I thought Meatballs and Caddyshack, oh, he wasn't. He just wrote Caddyshack. Right. Those were late seventies, so I thought. It okay. Was, I thought it went Meatballs, then Stripes. Then oh no! It's Meatballs, Caddyshack, then Stripes. All right, sorry. And then Ghostbusters a few years later. Oh, he also. What did he do? Oh wait, no, sorry. I'm looking at something on Wikipedia as we talk because Wikipedia is awesome. But anyway, all right. So we got that straightened out. So I had them a little bit out of order, but I knew Groundhog Day was last. And I worked at the movie theater when that came out while I was in high school. And so I watched that one piecemeal on breaks going in with complimentary popcorn since I sold movie tickets at that point in <laughs> life. And with the dollar employee hot dogs that they would give us. So good time. Happy memories. Good times. That's a great movie. I love Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott is awesome. That was probably when he was at the peak of his fame he should get more credit i always thought he was underappreciated for being so funny but um all right well let's back up and we'll start with stripes that i think you know more about than i do so tell me about some of the stuff and stripes that stands out to you both legally and just for fun well just for fun it has some great quotes in it just absolutely awesome quotes so when they're trying to join the army and they're getting the uh list of questions you know they have the questions that would not be legal today with you know, <laughs> Are, are you homosexuals? Which Bill Murray replies, no, but we're willing to learn. 
And Harold Ramis replies, you know, with the classic, well, they send us someplace nice. <laughs> so that was, again, early 80s humor, and that still, you know, makes me smirk, because are we going someplace nice? Uh, uh, but there's other great lines throughout there from as they go through basic training and with the introductions with each other. And, you know, I don't know if Bill Murray actually ad-libbed it because of the look of surprise on one of his castmates' face. But when he said, Lee Harvey, you are a madman. Remember that time that you stole the cow and your friend tried to make it with the cow? I want to party with you, cowboy. If the two of us together, forget it. <laughs> And just the look of, like, shock on the other actor's face. It's like, was that, was he acting, or was he literally shocked? Because it was so crazy. Uh, there are other great ones in there, like with the questioning scene of, uh, you know, have you ever been convicted of a felony? No, not convicted. <laughs> convicted? Um, well, I was going to say, too, before you go on, you know, I think that was one of the hallmarks of the Harold Ramis movies is that he was big for improv, and especially with Bill Murray. I think that's part of what he recognized, um, and he even said that, you know, his skill with Bill Murray was letting Bill Murray be the funniest, best Bill Murray that he could be. So I think there was a lot of improv. I know there's certainly a lot of improv, and we'll get to it later in Caddyshack, but, um, but I would not be surprised if Bill Murray ad-libbed that line about the cow. And, you know, that would probably fall under the tradition of Second City TV and the other things that they did. As That's well. right. Uh, going back to Chicago and uh, some of those those adventures that, that took place in the 70s back in Chicago. Oh, I bet those were wild times. Yeah, I don't think the heavy stuff will come down for a while. <laughs> All right, we're not jumping ahead to Caddyshack yet. How about Meatballs? I, oh, wait, I, no, I, is the Caddyshack next? See, now I'm getting them out of order. Oh, no, Meatballs. Oh, we talked about Stripes first. I'm out of order. Sorry, Josh. You know, Meatballs was one of those movies I was never allowed to see as a child, and as an adult, I never made it a point to see. So. <laughs> I feel like I need to see it, though. Like, I'm not complete. As much as I love Harold Ramis and Bill Murray and their movies together, I've seen bits and pieces of Meatballs, and I even saw, oh, what is it? Wet Hot American Summer, which is actually a really funny movie from several years ago. It has Bradley Cooper in it. Who else? It has all these random people before they got big. And they're making fun of kind of those camp movies from the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and so it was actually a fun movie. But it also made me want to go back and watch Meatballs and some of those other ones. I just thought it was never appropriate. So I, I never saw it because that was just the upbringing I had with the with the lifestyle we had. So. Oh, well, that's very good. Well, then let's jump ahead to my favorite, favorite movie, the movie I've watched more times than anything else, the one movie I can truly quote, which is Caddyshack, of course. So, um, which is, you know, memorable, not only because it's Bill Murray is brilliant in it, but it also has a whole Bill Murray, Chevy Chase they're both brilliant. Then you've got Rodney Dangerfield, who's brilliant. Um, you've got Ted Knight, who's brilliant. But of course, Bill and Chevy at that time didn't like each other. They had all the tension from the drama at Saturday Night Live. And it was actually, I think, was it Harold Ramis who took them out for lunch? It was like, guys, you know, here you are, the two stars of the movie, and you don't have any scenes together. We need to make one scene together. And that, of course, is a great scene um, where Chevy Chase is playing through. <laughs> But Murray's place. He's got a stuff a lot, a lot of stuff on layaway. You know, he's got credit problems, so <laughs> he's going to be head groundskeeper though. That's his plan. Six years, I think he had a plan. So, um, so anyway, so that movie is so fantastic, and that scene is one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema. You know, you can have total enlightenment at the moment of death. So just remember that. So he's got that going for him. Exactly. Which is nice. <laughs> Yeah, 
I love that. And again, that poor kid, because he is poking that pitchfork into that kid's neck. Like now I've watched it so many times. I just like to watch the kid that's listening to Bill Murray tell the story about the Dalai Lama and think about what is he feeling, especially as Bill Murray. I mean, you can see the skin going in, a pitchfork into the neck. I'm like, that's got to be a bit uncomfortable. (laughs) I want you to kill every goofer on this course. (laughs) <laughs> There's a legal issue. Golfers, we can't kill all the golfers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they'll lock me up and throw away the key. <laughs> gophers, you fool. Gophers, we can do the same thing. We don't even need a reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just say, of course, my favorite part, I don't know that there are that many legal issues besides, well, lots of, um, I guess, damage, right? Property damage in uh, Caddyshack at the end there. Ooh, that would actually be a whole good legal issue. Like, if he, is he working within the course of, within the scope of his employment when he basically blows up the entire golf course? Well, you also have the issue of licensed explosives at that point oh. as well. And so, how you, so there, there is that because was the plastic explosive uh, used to, you know, kill all the golfers, you know, actually legal or not? So, that. <laughs> uh, but, but the entire gambling, you know, and the bet with the judge and, you know, so Bushwood. There are no gentlemen. <laughs> There's no gambling at Bushwood. Not a billionaire. I'm just, I'm just so good, so good. And I should have stayed home and played with myself. <laughs> and that should increase our ratings. <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield is quoting Ronnie Dangerfield. Bloody <laughs> <Lighting up>, Francis. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Okay. Caddyshack is awesome, and of course, Judge Smales. Um, it kind of it obviously hits personally close to home for me, but at the same time, it's awesome when Judge Smales is talking to uh, Danny in his office, and he tells Danny that he's put boys, sentenced boys younger than him, to the uh, the gas chambers. I didn't want to do it. I felt I owed it to them. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, that is sick and twisted, but that's such a great line. So I love Judge Smales, one of my all-time favorite fictional judges. Yes. Classic, hysterical, okay, Pookie. So it's, talk <laughs> about the love. All right, wait, let's see if I can do his poem. I get this on it. It's easy to grin. It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat, but the man who can smile is, no, the man that's worthwhile is the man who's, who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. Okay, Pookie. <laughs> I think I pushed her to love it. I got to work on that, but I can almost quote his poem. That was impressive. That was Caddyshack yeah. is the one movie I can quote most of the lines from. Maybe not quite perfectly. I've got to work on it. It's been a little while. Caddyshack was heavily integrated into my preparing for the bar exam. Ooh, how so? And so my buddy David and I, as we were studying, we would take Caddyshack breaks and watch different clips as a mental break and then go back to work after five, ten minutes. And so it was heavily integrated into the workflow. Ah, and look at it worked, obviously. That's a good way to do it. Passed the first time around. Didn't have to do that nightmare again. Ta- uh, tip for all the law students out there when they're studying, when they're prepping for the July bar, watch Caddyshack. It works. All right, so I got to say, so Caddyshack is one of my favorite movies. It's just a ton of fun. Everybody in it is fantastic. But really, I think from just a brilliant standpoint, Groundhog Day was, you know, the the ultimate achievement of the Harold Ramis, uh, Bill Murray uh, collaboration. I mean, it is just brilliant. And again, I know you've seen it kind of in bits and pieces. Um, 
but it's so fantastic and so funny. Bill Murray is just so great in it. Um, and this whole idea, of course, that legally is interesting, this whole idea that you um, – that you will, uh, you know, you keep repeating the same date, so there's never any damages, so there's no consequences to any of your actions. And of course, most of the legal system, certainly on the civil side in particular, is built on the idea that, you know, there are consequences, and that's why you have the grounds to sue, because you've been hurt somehow. Um, and in Groundhog Day, that never happens. Yeah, I mean, it'd be grounds for a 5150 hold at times, uh, oh. but... <laughs> Uh, but you know, it would then hit the. But even that would only last a few hours. Then he'd wake up back in bed. Yeah, so that that would get a little frustrating, and it would be interesting to go. I'm going to take a bunch of piano classes and learn how to play piano. And over, God knows how many years he would have been repeating that. True. That, that is a very productive use of time. It is. It is. So, and and that's been the genesis of other sci-fi shows. With uh, there was a Stargate SG One where they they had the Groundhog Day effect, and uh, there have been a uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where they had the Mobius effect and that. So it's uh, you know Mobius loop. Excuse me. Let's let's be full geek. Uh, so. Yeah, lots of good stuff there. From a purely hedonistic standpoint, I mean, you could eat whatever you wanted all day, right? So I would eat, like, ice cream and bacon all day. You wouldn't have to exercise, right? And you could drink heavily and you wouldn't have a hangover. Like, is that wrong of me to think of those things? I'm stunned you thought of those things. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of those things. (laughs) I just popped in my head. I'm like, wait, this is awesome. Have I just found a way that I can eat bacon all day without consequence? That would be freaking fantastic. Yeah, it's, you know, while you're freebasing bacon, you know, I'd be trying to figure out how would I get out of the loop. And, and I don't think I would. I'm like, this is good. I don't need to buy expensive anti-aging creams or anything. Same day, over and over again. Oh, actually, there's a lot of potential for that. All right, well, now we have to go, though, to I think the one that's probably their biggest, most well-known um, thing, and maybe something that you might be into together based on your uh, get-up there, and that is, of course, Ghostbusters, the first one. I don't really want to talk about the second one. Summer of 1984, June. We went to go see it for my brother's seventh birthday, and oh, what a good time it was. <laughs> made some memories there, huh, Josh? Well, it's it's... It is, it's a great little boy movie, you know, it leaves a positive impact because it's, it's adventure and you're out finding ghosts and all that good stuff. And so when you were, you know, nine years old, that was a wicked good time. Not that little girls won't enjoy it too. I was going to say, yes, good adventure for girls too. Tons of fun. Well, I wish they'd had a girl Ghostbuster. My life experience has only been as a dude, so I couldn't relate. So, all right. Uh, based on my life. That's what I think would, would work. And just fun. No, just fun. And, I mean, we have all these great one-liners with, Grabber! You know, Grabber? That was your plan? <laughs> you know, it's you know, just, just wiggly awesome. It's like, let's split up. Yes, we could do more damage that way. I mean... <laughs> Well, even the whole, the torture scene it starts out with. I mean, that's so brilliant with, you know, Bill Murray torturing that poor young guy <laughs> to see if they have psychic powers. I mean, that's just so incredibly cruel, but hysterical. I laugh every time I see that <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, it's, you know, we've talked about this before, but yeah. Bill Murray's character in the ladies, which is just a little creepy. I mean, I, 
I get trying to impress women. Guys have been doing stupid things to impress women since the dawn of time, and we will until the end of it. It's just how we're going to be. That being said, you know, going on the date with Sigourney Weaver with something that should knock somebody out? What? <laughs> you know, why did he have that? Like, I mean... I mean, that's a good question. It's, it'd be one thing to go like, whoa, this is really messed up, and then leave to come back. But that he didn't leave. He happened to have that with him. <laughs> that, I hadn't thought about that angle. That is a good point. Yeah, I watched I was like, whoa, whoa. That's a little weird. You went awfully quick to that solution. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, knock her out. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, there's some vodka or something? No, no. It was, <laughs> did you have that in the medicine cabinet? No, because that would be like the full-blown narcotic, na- narcotic that's injected. Why did he travel with that? Yeah, very good point. Thank that you. is scary. Yeah, Sigourney it, Weaver was awesome, though, in it, too. I love Sigourney Weaver. And Rick Moranis, of course, was fantastic in that. Accountant-turned-demon. Yes, it's tough not to love. And so it's literally, it was one of the perfect summer movies. Uh, left, you know, very positive impact on everyone who saw it 30 years ago. And people still enjoy it because it's fun. You know, yeah. and, and they're still debating about Ghostbusters 3, which is alleged, allegedly in, they're working on. Is it, see, I was worried about that because I heard Bill Murray a year or two ago time, oh, yeah, you know, we keep looking, we're kind of talking again about that. But now with Harold Ramis and his death, I was actually like, all right, does that mean there's no hope of it? I mean, it would, you know, Dan Aykroyd is awesome, Bill Murray is awesome, um, but it's kind of weird to have it without Harold mm-hmm. Ramis, too. I love Egon. When I read about some of the direction, now granted, everything I think is rumor at this point, but it was basically Ghostbusters, the next generation with Uh the older cast having cameos or smaller roles. And again, I mean, like that's all, it's propaganda until they, you know, have a script and shoot the movie. But if you look at the IMDb page for for Ramus, you know, it's listed there. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But I'm sure we'll find out in due time. Yes, that would be good. That is a great movie. My kids now, it's the second generation. My kids now love that movie. I've passed that on. I've tried to pass on other movies that I love from my childhood. And The Princess Bride and Goonies, they have not been as receptive to. But Ghostbusters, they love. So I'm like, well, at least at least we have Ghostbusters and Star Wars. But at least, you know, Ghostbusters especially. Um, they really get a kick out of this. Stay puff Marshmallow Man. And that is pretty awesome that this giant marshmallow can terrorize New York. How old, how old are your kids again? Ten and seven. And I think they watched it, was it one year or two years ago for the first time? It's weird that your son hasn't taken to Goonies. He, that was last year that they maybe watched it. So I was a little bit older when I watched Goonies. Too. I don't know, there are a couple of scary parts of Goonies. The whole thing with the blender and the hand that's still, you know, it's a little dark. I think it probably the ten year old male would appreciate it, maybe nine, but that's a you know, that that is a good kid movie. I, it is. I don't know. I just don't know if kids these days, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But well I'm so I'm gonna try that again because I do still love Goonies, but there are others too that I need to introduce them to. But um but yes, but back to Ghostbusters, it is fantastic. They're all awesome. Even the soundtrack, the music is awesome. I know what Ray Parker ended up having to pay Huey Lewis. I think they did decide there was a copyright violation there, but it's still a great song. I still hum it all the time. Who are you gonna call? 
it's fantastic. So I'm like, still love it. And that's still a perfect song. The ending. Oh, well, too, what was the song? Oh, I forget. They did have a good soundtrack. Like the whole music when New York was about to be possessed, you know, and the gatekeeper and the key master were up there. Um, there's some great music in that. Yes, there was. Oh, just a great movie. It, outstanding film. And so it's, it's a, that will continue to live on. People will continue to love that for many years to come. And it's, yeah. this is wicked fun. It is. And yes, it was nice of Bill Murray to give a shout out to Harold Ramis last night. Um, we were talking before, I didn't know, but there'd been kind of a rift between Harold and Bill Murray ever since Groundhog Day. And to be fair, as much as I love Bill Murray and I think he's super cool, and maybe he's mellowed out now. I have heard that, you know, he can be difficult to work with. Um, so uh, so it was too bad that there was a rift. But you said you read a little bit more about that, too. Yeah. So what I read about the rift dealt with, uh, I think Murray was going through a divorce while they were filming Groundhog Day. Yeah. And that would cause stress on anyone. And But it, it was tense on how we reacted. And that, that's unfortunate. But what I read that uh, Murray and his brother did visit uh, Harold Ramis prior to, you know, the, you know his death I mean, several days beforehand, like within a week. And that was good. That is. And I normally, you know, I have a tough time with the Oscars when people go rogue or they make the weird political speech. But Murray going rogue uh, for his tribute, I thought was fitting and it was done in a classy way that just kind of snuck in. And since it was the, the, the loss is very fresh still. And it, I think most of the people in that room, especially the younger actors and directors and producers grew up watching movies like Ghostbusters and Caddyshack. So I, I think it, it tugged at their heartstrings as well, which is why I don't think anyone would like, yeah, how dare he? It's, it's probably like, yeah, good job. That was. No, you're right. It didn't hijack anything. It was so recent. And quite frankly, I mean, I was waiting. Bill Murray was on the red carpet. I was waiting for him to say something. I mean, it is, you do think of those two together. So I'm kind of surprised they only did four films together, actually. I just think of them so much hand in hand um, that, you know, I think he knew that he was expected to kind of say something. So it was nice. It wasn't this big, yeah, it wasn't a big to do. It's kind of this nice uh, recognition of Harold Ramis and his awesomeness. So it is sad. Celebrity deaths do apparently come in threes, too, because I was waiting. We had Shirley Temple, Sid Caesar, and then Harold Ramis, who, of course, unfortunately was significantly younger. Um, but that happens sometimes. But hopefully Hollywood can take a deep breath now and they'll be okay for a while. The rule of three has been met. Yeah, just as long as they don't do more selfies. That, uh... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The selfie with Ellen and everyone from the Oscars last night was awesome. I love that. And did you see then there's a picture from behind poor Liza Minnelli. Did you see the shot? She's trying to get in the selfie and she's so short and behind like 20 people that she couldn't get into it. But that was awesome. And apparently that was the first time Meryl Streep had ever tweeted, although kind of been involved in a tweet. Yeah. I love that. That was pretty cool. I, I didn't. Oh, see, I'm not big on selfies in general, but that sort of thing at the Oscars. And like, when you just look at the power in that thing, my God, that is, um, that is a powerful group. And then Lupita's brother, <laughs> powerful, powerful, powerful. And this, this brother. So I thought that was kind of funny too. Now I enjoyed on the Jimmy Kimmel show where Kevin Spacey and Kimmel did a selfie trying to match, uh, you know, Ellen's record so they could break the internet. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was clever, and I, I enjoyed that. But they, uh... <sighs> well, Kevin Spacey is awesome, and if I can get my work done tonight, I'm going to go watch another episode of House of Cards because I am currently obsessed with that. 
Yes. I, there's a very talented man. Yes. All right. Well, now we're wandering too far afield. So it's probably best. I need to watch Caddyshack at some point again. I am now going to go watch Meatballs. This has inspired me. I need to watch Meatballs and probably need to see Stripes again. And I can always watch Groundhog Day so I can finish my tribute to Harold Ramis. Well, let's split up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back to putting. You go take care of those ghosts in Northern California, okay? Will do. Winchester Mystery House is not too far away. Let's go in. We'll take care of things. So. <laughs> Well, America, stay geeky, and if you do have your proton packs ready, let's let's go bust some ghosts. So, <laughs> Bye, Josh.